You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. They wasn't too far from the hillbilly's cabin, though, so the hillbilly decided that he would venture out and go down and check out the campsite and see what they had laying around. And he saw something kind of uh, a gleam off of something, and he picked up and he saw for the very first time in his life, he saw a mirror. And he picked this mirror up, and he looked at it, and it was a lot smaller than this one, but he looked at it, and he said, It's a picture of my pappy. He thought he had a picture of his pappy. And well, he, he put, stuck that mirror in his pocket and, 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 and went about his day of hunting and whatever hillbillies do, you know. Uh, and he came home that night and uh, went, went to bed. And uh, after he went to bed, his, his, his wife decided she was going to just check his pants pockets. And when she did, she pulled out a mirror. And she looked in that mirror and she said, so that's the hag he's been running around with. There she is. All right. Uh, I want to preach to you today out of Nehemiah chapter number 9. Don't get mad at the mirror. Don't get mad at the mirror. Nehemiah chapter number 9. Have you ever looked in the mirror and seen something that you didn't like too well? Uh, I have. I've looked in the mirror and seen something. and, And now, whether it's just a blemish or whether it's something dirty, or whatever it is. Uh, for me, man, I just got dry skin, and uh, whatever, you know, and it'll be like, oh, you got dry, I know. I look in the mirror, and I see stuff I don't necessarily like sometimes. But so as a result of that, I've got a real problem with mirrors. If you talk to me about mirrors, I get really upset. I'm mad at mirrors, because mirrors are jerks. And I don't know why mirrors always got to be trying to put me down, you know. And I don't know why mirrors always got to be trying to point stuff out to me about myself that I don't like. Listen, that mirror don't have any ill intent. This mirror is just simply a tool that reveals something to us. And it may be something that reveals something to us that we don't like, but that's what we see, a mirror. Sometimes it shows us things that we don't like. But we don't get mad at the mirror. And, and in fact... Uh, The reason many of you look as uh, spiffy and nice as you do today is because before you left the house this morning, you probably looked in the mirror. And you said, oh my goodness, my hair's a mess and I've got, you know, dried drool and whatever is coming out of my eyes and all that. And you said, well, I better take care of that before I uh, head off to church this morning, before I got in public. Some of you didn't do that and that's apparent as well. But most of us looked in the mirror before we left the house today. So the mirror does have a purpose and it does have a tool. Don't get mad at the mirror. Now in Nehemiah chapter 9, as we've been preaching through the book of Nehemiah, we see that they've just come off the week of uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Just a joyous occasion, man, of celebration and rejoicing in the goodness of God. But they're continuing. This, chapters 8 and 9 take place over about a one-month period. And in chapter 9, if you remember what they were doing in chapter 8 leading up to the Feast of Tabernacles, they had not heard from the Word of God in a long time. There wasn't anybody preaching and teaching God's Word. So they had Ezra get up along with uh, 13 other men, or 14 other men, and they begin to read the Word of God. And for about six hours a day for a solid week, they would get together and just read out of the first five books of the Bible But they didn't just read, 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 and that'd be the end of it. They would read, then they would stop and explain. 
And, I, and, and they would make sure that the people in this large congregation understood what was being said, understood what the Bible was saying to them. And so they did that for a solid week leading up to the Feast of Tabernacles. But what we're going to find in Nehemiah chapter 9, they were still ready to hear more because there must have been more of the word they needed to hear. So they began to do that again. And that's where we pick up here in Nehemiah chapter number 9. Nehemiah 9, the Bible says there in verse number 1, Now in the twenty and fourth day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. Now this is a strange picture. They had on sackcloth, and, and what this would have been would be a, a, a rough material. Maybe it could be like a rough uh, animal from a, a, with a rough fur that they would wear or just a rough material. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to show on the outside what they're feeling on the inside. See, they've been made uncomfortable about their situation. Sometimes we can get comfortable in a situation that's not a good situation. But the word of God had spoke to their hearts, and on the inside they're saying, I'm no longer comfortable with where I'm at in this moment. And, and then, then on top of that, they would put dirt upon their heads, which all, all sounds really strange. And then they were fasting. They were going without eating because they were saying, Lord, we have sinned against you. Notice what the Bible says in verse 2. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood, and listen to this, confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood in the place and read in the book of the law of the Lord one fourth part of the day and another fourth part of the day they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. So a Jewish day, they divided, their day was considered 12 hours, their night was 12 hours. So a day was 12 hours to a Jew. So for one-fourth part of the day, so basically what it's saying there is, for three hours of the day, they would hear the word of God. And for the next three hours, they would confess their sins and worship God. And what we begin to see here, you say, well, where's all the mirror stuff coming from? Why does this have anything to do with don't get mad at the mirror? Because as these people looked into the word of God, they were looking into a reflection. They were looking into a mirror. It's a mirror that showed them things about themselves that they had not seen. Things that perhaps they had forgotten. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So just put this in the context of these people standing there in Nehemiah, what James is saying to you and I today. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Otherwise, we're deceiving ourselves. For if any man or if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. It's like to a man that goes and looks into the mirror. But, whoso, but then it says, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now you might not look like what you see in the mirror. But just because you turn around and quit looking at the mirror, that doesn't mean you're looking any better. It just means you've got it out of mind. But you're still looking the way you look. You've still got on your face whatever it is you got on your face. 
or whatever it may be. You know, something coming out of your nose or whatever. I mean, man, mirrors are beneficial, aren't they? Really, we might not like them all the time, but they really are beneficial. But he says this in verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. See, so God's word is a mirror. But think about something else you need for a mirror to work properly. For a mirror to work properly, you also need light. If you have a mirror in the darkness, you're not really seeing a whole lot, are you? So the Bible says God's word is a, it's a mirror, but it's also a light. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 5 verse 13. But all things are reproved and made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Have you, some of you ladies, any of you guys seen these, some of these mirrors the ladies use? They like magnify your face a thousand times. And then on top of that, there's a light. Man, I don't want nothing to do with that mess. Right? Good night. But you talk about seeing something you don't want to see. You look and I can remember my grandma, I think, had one of those mirrors. It was fun to play with as a kid. It had the lights on either side, and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, but it mag- and it really shows why. I mean, it, you know, it, it just about shows the bacteria uh, that's having a party on one of your blackheads or something. That is disgusting. Um, but it just it shows you everything. Uh, but what happens is, is it's magnified, and the light really shows it. Uh, light makes a difference. Uh, matter of fact, you ever look in a mirror, light can make a big difference, right? Uh, I mean, because, have you ever been in, like, I don't know what it is, but like, if you've ever gone to, it seems like theaters or something all this way. If you go to the bathroom at those places, they got these fluorescent lights, and you look in the mirror, and you just see a corpse staring back at you. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, gosh, you talk about depressed, man. Uh, because some, some light can distort, some light can reveal. But the fact of the matter is, light and the mirror, they go together. If we didn't have a light, the mirror wouldn't be doing a whole lot. But they, they work together today. And so, you think about this. God's Word is a mirror. God's Word reveals things about you. It reveals things about God. The light reveals these things to us. Now, here's the question, to what end? Here in Nehemiah, they got up there, they read the Word of God, they read the law of God, they explained the law of God. As they did, it was a mirror, and they said, "Uh uh-oh, we're not obeying what God said to do. Which is to say, we are sinning. We have done wrong. Now, why would God want us to look into something that reveals our sin? Well, hopefully, with the same reason that we understand today, the the benefit of looking into a mirror, there's a benefit. Because now, here's the thing where some people can get turned off from religion, and here's where some people uh, can get turned off from even the preaching on sin. We need to preach on sin because the Word of God talks about sin. You know, there's a, you ever heard of those preachers? Some of, some, some of the most popular preachers in the country are those who could preach through the book of Jeremiah and never mention judgment, right? Uh, they could figure out a way to preach through Luke 16 and not even mention hell, you know? I mean, uh, but, but listen, but he, on the other hand, there are those that try to use the mirror to come beat you over the head with it. Look how ugly you are. Smack! Beat down, son. 
you know, you don't look like me. But the only people that say you don't look like me, they haven't been looking in the mirror lately either. Because even if they look all nice and spiffy on the outside, what they don't know is like one of those situations, hey, don't look now, but your pride is showing, right? Don't look now, but your arrogancy is showing. You think you're all holier than thou, and you think you're all spiritual because, see, some Christians, and I'm telling you, it's a shame that there's churches that emphasize, well, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and they're just so proud of all the things they don't do. What are you doing? Besides being a proud Pharisee. Well, I'm not doing what these other people are doing. I'm not a compromiser. No, but you're a stinking Pharisaical filled with pride and a holier-than-thou attitude, and then you want to beat people with the, the law. I love what James called the mirror. He said it's the law of liberty. It's the law of liberty. So to what end? Because, listen, you want to know something? People generally don't, if we would advertise today, instead of the, the title of the message that we put out there being, don't get mad at the mirror, if, if we titled the message, made flyers up and everything, and said, hey, come to church Sunday, pastor's going to be preaching against sin all day. We'd have a hard time getting them through the doors, wouldn't we? No, we generally probably wouldn't have a very hard time getting people through the doors because generally we don't want it. Now, unless, can I get some clarification, preacher? You said you're going to be preaching against sin today. Who's sin? Who's sin? Because if you're preaching about somebody else's, I'm all in. Right? I mean, again, we could say, hey, preacher, if you're going to be preaching against the drunkard and the harlot and the, and the fornicator, I'm in on that one. But if you start talking about pride and greed and bitterness, I'm out on that. Because that's, that's one of the things that the Pharisees would do. They just loved, and I'm telling you, there's whole churches, there's whole groups, they just get together and, and just like to condemn the sins of others, to, to think about how holy they are. But the fact is, all of our sin is evil. All of our sin is bad. And so what we see is that not everyone really necessarily wants to hear what God says about sin. But why? So again, don't get mad at the mirror. But preacher, i got to ask something. These, these people here in Nehemiah, why would God give us a book that shows us our sin? That's not very nice. Why would God give us this light that shows us these places where darkness is. Why? Why would God ever do that? To what end? And I'll try to just give you a few reasons, and it'll just be the thoughts on my heart today. To what end? Number one, I'll say this. It's to inform, not to condemn. The Bible says that we're condemned already. The mirror doesn't condemn you. It just shows you that. It informs you. Not to condemn, but to inform. Uh, I th think about this. Romans chapter, or, uh, Romans 3, I'll mention in just a moment. Mark 7, verses 21 through 22. Here's what Jesus said. For from within, he said, out of the heart of men. Now just pause right there for a moment. Out of the heart of men. We're going to learn something now. The mirror is going to teach us something. See, it teaches us this in Romans 3, for we were all, in Romans 3, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, it tells us why. We were all born into sin. We were not born good and went bad. We were born into sin, every one of us. 
So from the heart of man, here's what he said. So from the heart of man, here's what Jesus said. Proceed. Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit. Have you ever been deceitful and said, well, I'm not lying, but you're deceiving? Deceit. Um, I say that because I have. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you that. I can, I can identify with this, and I can identify with many of these. But he says, uh, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness. Lasciviousness, that's just all manner of lust and evil. An evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. It's interesting. I just got to pause because I just, just seen this and, or just reminded of it. It's interesting when God starts addressing sin, so often it starts with immorality. It starts with adultery. It talk, starts with fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Why? Because God created this beautiful, wonderful thing called sex between a man and a woman within the bonds of marriage. He, he invented it for the purpose, yes, of reproduction, but also 100% for the purpose of pleasure and an intimacy, uh, uh, the, the binding together of two people in a way, uh, an intimacy that can be shared with no other and no other way. It's something God created. One of the very first things in the Garden of Eden, man and woman, get, he, he brought them together. He got married. They began to have children. Uh, so what was God teaching? God is teaching that. But here's the problem. Satan tries to pervert everything that God does. Why is there so much going on today with... You, you realize the perversion that's going on in our day? Why is there such an attack on marriage? Why is there such an attack on morality? Why is there an attack even on gender itself? You want to know why? Because in the beginning, God created them male, female. Where, if, if there's something against that, where's it coming from? Satan. The perverter, the, the distorter. That's what we're dealing with today. And there's some perverts out there today. Serious perverts. I, I, there's a friend of mine down in Nebraska. I mean, a small podunk town in Nebraska. And I'm talking about, it's a town, you say, well, you're in South Dakota, what are you doing calling a town podunk? I'm talking about, I don't know if I've seen a, a town in, uh, in South Dakota as podunk, whatever that means, as this one where my friend's at in Nebraska. And, uh, well, my, my friend, it's a really, really small town, and so through the years they would have public services and they would do a lot of those things. Well, the city started cracking down on all these things. You know, there's some people complaining about, you know, uh, the, the services you are having at the public square and some of these things. Um, and, you know, well, they're like, well, that's too bad, but if we can respect that. But here's the problem, by the way. Our country allows for us, because of people who were inspired by biblical principles, 
Our founding fathers were inspired to put a, a bill of rights into place that gives us the possibility and the opportunity to gather and so that what we say that can, can be shared just as much as anybody, anything anybody else has to share. You know, I, I've shared this before, but I won't go with it long. I, just two quick examples. I worked at a place one time, and people were bringing in some literature from the church that was sharing with some people there in the, uh, in the, in the plant. And somebody come and said, I, 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 they sat me down in HR and they said, Jesse, you're a reasonable one. Can you sit down and talk to these guys and, and just explain to them we can't be bringing in outside materials because, uh, because we got a policy. We, we don't want this place to unionize. And they said, if we allow you to bring in the material from the church, uh, then, you can't, then, then somebody could bring in something from the union. So we just can't allow it. Yes, Jesse. Um, does Grandma selling her kids Girl Scout cookies count as something coming in from the outside? Oh, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it does. And does uh, and, and what about? And, and I started pointing out a couple other things. Respectfully, nicely, I just said, okay. I said, I said seriously, and, and with all, due, and I mean it too. I said. If you do this across the board, we're on. But in, in our country, you're not allowed to infringe upon our beliefs. You can't just single us out and say, you can't bring this in. It's illegal, people, in our country to do that. You can't single us out and say, you can't bring your stuff in, but everybody else can bring their stuff in. But I just said, really, I said, if you enforce this policy across the board, we're, we're with you. Guess what? They don't want to mess with Grandma. Right? <laughs> they didn't mind messing with Jesus, but they weren't going to mess with Grandma. And so they said, well, okay, we'll, we'll continue to let you do it. Uh, one time we set up a, a, a tent in a park when I was in Pier. Well, I'm not sure if we can do that or not, you know. We, we don't want to be endorsing, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the city establishing a religion. It's like the city's not establishing religion. But again, respectfully, nicely, I go to the city council meeting. Just so you know, I do have... Uh, you know, some things written up by a lawyer that explains to you why you wouldn't get in trouble for allowing us to use the park as a church. But just so you know, the whole purpose is y'all let other people set up out there at the, at the park. And, uh, you know what's sad to me? That there's people listening to me right now that didn't know what I'm telling you right now. And can I, and can I just put this plug in right here and I'm going to put it in again? Founding fathers, inspired by biblical principles, Put the rights that we have into place in this country. Some of the protections into this place as we have for our country. And I believe it is derelict for God's people to sit at home when we actually have the... See, the people, the, the Christians in Paul's day, they didn't have the opportunity to affect much in society. They did in a big way by leading people to Christ. That's the greatest way we'll do it. But we also have the opportunity to vote. And so we have the opportunity to vote and be stewards of that which has been handed to us and said, wait a second, you're trying to pervert what God has established? No, we're going to go vote against it. Or you can vote one way or the other. But the thing about us, we have the opportunity, and I believe uh, the responsibility, I would say, as Americans to vote. But it's interesting that so many of these, I'll get back to you, thought I forgot about Nebraska. Nah, we're not really comfortable with y'all doing the public stuff in the, 
But you know what they are comfortable with coming up here in a couple weeks? A bunch of grown, hairy, perverted, messed up dudes, made up with dresses and hats to come and hold a little parade and do something with the kids. And these same bunch of perverts want to teach our children and our grandchildren, they want to sexualize them as early as possible. What's up with that? Why can't we just let them be kids? Why can't we just let them grow and be, uh, let's follow the science, male and female. And why do we got to get them, you know, introducing all this garbage to them? Making female baby dolls with male genital parts. That stuff's out there these days. The, the, the assault is literally, you say, well, that's all political. Well, you can say what you want to say. But I, what I'm telling you is the things that we've embraced in our country are based on Bible-believing things, and we have the opportunity to stand for those things. It's interesting how they start off with adultery, fornication, uncleanness, but I'll continue. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders. Again, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't know why I say I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. There's wackos in our country that swore to uphold the law. God's against murder. I don't know if you realize that or not. But there's, 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 there's district attorneys that aren't against murder, apparently. People kill people, and they do everything they can to get them out as quick as possible. So they kill somebody else. Ridiculous. I mean, God is against these things, but we've got a society that's trying to turn in favor, man. I tell you, I feel like I'm living in a freaky world when I, whenever we'd have them be talking about these things being an issue. Because let me tell you something about these perverts I was mentioning earlier. I wonder what's on the hearts and minds of some of these people trying to sexualize the little kids. I wonder if it's got anything to do with the, the, the number one uh, solicited uh, pornography being that of pedophilia. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. There's some sick people in this world. And those sick people need Jesus. They do. And I want to try to share the gospel with them and get them to Jesus. But in the meantime, I don't have any intentions of just turning my, uh, my granddaughter over to these people. You know? And so, uh, so, so, so these things, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like, of which I tell you before, I've also told you in time past, that they which do th such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The, the, the mirror shines the light on this. Now... I've already, I, right now, I've been going after the sins of others, but I'm telling you, I got the sins of myself. See, when I prepare for this message, God's been preparing my heart for a while for this message. Because I've been asking God to search my heart. I've been asking God to forgive me for some of those sins. Because I'm not out doing these things I was just talking about those perverts doing, but I'm telling you, there's some pride that God's had to reveal to my heart. Why has God always got to these sexual sins first? There's some lust. God has to reveal to my heart, and that's not too hard to reveal. It's pretty much right there. But there's some lust I've got to confess and, and get God's help with. Um, so it's not, there, there's some, there's some pride, there, just on down the line. There's things that, that God shows. Now, 
like the doctor. I, I go to the doctor every year. I go to the doctor once a year. I've been doing that for a number of years, uh, seeing as I'm getting old. So for one thing, as a general rule, I want the doctor to tell me the truth. Okay, we talk about that a lot. I want the doctor to tell me the truth. I might not want to hear the truth. Now, why is the doctor, though, trying to be a jerk? It, you know, I don't know. Why are they always trying to be jerks about stuff, right? They run these tests. Oh, your cholesterol's high. What's with, why are you judging me, man? Why are you always judging me? Your blood pressure, your sugar's up. Doctor ever tell you, hey, you might need to lose a few pounds. Why are you judging me, man? They're not judging you, fool. They're, run, they're running stinking test results, and it comes out, and it says, you got cholesterol, dummy. I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to help you. And most of us seem to get that. We generally don't get too upset with doctors. We may a little bit, but we understand they're being objective. They're just saying, here's what the tests say. Here's what the problem is. That's what God does. He's not judging you, and I'm not up here trying to judge. I'm just telling you what, I'm telling you what the diagnosis is. I'm telling you there's a problem. Most people want to feel good, but how about this one? You, you want to know a big problem with a lot of people? There's a lot of people sin sick today. You know what's a very discouraging thing? I, I, there's people in our church right now that are going through this. Maybe some of you have been through this or are going through this to where they're sick. They're not feeling well. They go to the doctor and they run tests and they can't find out why. Then they go to another doctor and they can't find out why. That's a frustrating place to live. But see, for a lot of people, they're that way when it comes to sin. God is not doing a disservice by running the test. By trying to show you, you want to know what's wrong with you? This is what's wrong with you. And by the way, I'm saying sin sick, and I am speaking here of a spiritual sickness. But because, because of some of your bitterness... And because of some of your unforgiveness, you are physically sick. Because of your worry, because of your anger, it's affecting your heart. It's affecting your back. It's affecting your lungs. It's affecting your joints. Because your body is reacting and sending chemicals in your body as a result of what your brain is, what you're letting your brain say. And so, yes, there is a spiritual sickness, but God is doing us a favor when He says, this is the problem. This is the problem. Now, it would be all well and good. I suppose that we would love going to the doctor. High cholesterol, you know, blood pressure through the roof, 80 pounds overweight, I mean, and just, uh, I mean, you, know, you know, they say with a lot of people, digging our graves with a fork. And I suppose we'd love it to go to the doctor and say, Jesse, i got to tell you, man, I have never seen a physical specimen such as you. Could we legally change your name to Adonis? You're looking good, man. You're doing well. Just keep it going. 
See, that doctor might be able to buy some big arena and pack people out just to listen to them tell them that stuff all day long. But there's a problem. I'm going to be killing over here pretty soon. I'm going to be getting sick, and I'm going to die prematurely. But at least I was feeling good about myself. Right? Uh, but, but, but God cares too much for that, okay? So, uh, so, so, so this sin, the, the doctor. Oh, you ready for this other picture? Give it to me now. This week, I don't know, uh, Brian, uh, Brian and Doria, one of, one of our friends from the gym, uh, she posted on Facebook this week. This is not her son. I didn't get the permission to put the picture that she put, but so I just picked a random uh, you know, photo stock from uh, on, on the Internet. But a little boy about that age, she showed a picture of him pouting and crying, and, and you know what he was saying? Here was the quote from the boy. You guys never let me play with knives. <laughs> You guys never let me play with knives. You say, what's that got to do with anything? Because we think that we've got a hold of our sin. We think we've got a hold of our sin. But you want to know one of the things the light does? The light and the mirror work together. See, in the darkness, isn't it interesting how much bad stuff goes on in the dark? In the darkness, you think you've got a hold of something. But God shines His light on it See, some of you are in the darkness and you think you've got a hold of your unforgiveness and your bitterness. I ain't letting that go. You kidding me? I'm not letting that fella off the hook that easy. You're the fella on the hook. He ain't on the hook. He could care less. He's not getting sick from that poison you're drinking. You are. The light shows that. I got, a, I got this image as I was, uh, I'm not talking about some crazy vision, but I'm just saying I got an image as I was, as I was sitting there this morning, and they were talking about the chains being gone, and the image I got in my head was this, but it could be bitterness, it could be pride, it could be lust, it could be pornography, it could be whatever it is, but I, was, I just got a picture that illustrated, uh, you know, a, a man sitting in darkness with his hand uh, around the bottle. He's got a hold of it. But when the light comes in, what you see is that the bottle actually has a hold on him. See, light reveals what you think you've got a hold on really has a hold on you. And what you think is your servant, you are actually the slave of. That's what God wants to show us today. So, God wants you to know that sin is not, my goodness gracious, I looked at the time just now. Uh, God wants us to know that your sin is not a friend to be played with. Listen to me. God wants you to know that your sin is not a friend to be played with. It's not a nuisance to be ignored. It's not a pleasure to enjoy. It's not a victim to be defended or a fugitive to be hidden away. It's a liar to be confronted. It's a thief to be exposed. It's a devourer that to be repealed. It's a destroyer to be defeated. It's a killer. It's death. It's separation. It's pain. I can preach with anger against sin, not against sinners, not against people, but against sin. Why? I could take you on a walk through my family and show you why. I could take you on a walk through some of my friends and show you why. All these years, they thought they had a hold of this sin. Sin killed them. Sin killed them. 
Oh, you're so mean and judgy. What a... Are you serious? I'll tell you the mean... I'll tell you the meanest person there is. The meanest person there is is the person that tells you that's okay. That's the mean one. The mean one is the one who sees what it's doing and fails to tell you that. You talk about a jerk. That's not your friend. Jesus said, I, he, he said that the thief cometh not before to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I, I, I got to wrap this thing up, so I'll try to give this to you quickly. But I got to get this to where I need to where I can land it very quickly. I'll give you just a couple of the quick thoughts here. Number one, we see that it's to inform, not to condemn. You say, well, you sound pretty condemning. No, I sound pretty informing. To inform, not to condemn. Number two, quickly, to reveal, not to cleanse. You ever look in a mirror and say, oh my gosh, look at that on there. No, the mirror doesn't clean. The Bible says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The knowledge of sin. See, and what, what that does is ultimately this. The mirror, since it's, not, it's meant to reveal, not to cleanse, because ultimately it's not trying to point a finger at you. It's trying to point you to Jesus. Because our sin reveals something to us. We need forgiveness and we aren't righteous, but we need His righteousness. That's what this mirror reveals to us. That's what the Word of God reveals. It reveals and it points us to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it reveals. It, it's, it's meant to unite, not to separate. Again, it's not hitting somebody over here, you're, you're a low-down sinner. No, God has sinned. You've sinned. Now, the people in Nehemiah 9 confessed it. What should you do with your sin? Confess it. The way we confess our sin, by the way, is, Oh, Lord, if I've sinned, no. God, I've had an evil heart of adultery. And I'm confessing that to you right now. And I want you to forgive me of that. I'm holding bitterness in my heart. Call it by name. It's not just sin general. We know our sin. And, I, and I've been asking God because th that light goes deep into our hearts. And there's some places I've got some hidden things in there that I don't want that light to get to. But then I realize, what am I doing? I'm costing myself. See, this gives me the opportunity to have life. It gives me the opportunity to have growth. It gives me the opportunity to have abundant life. If I will confess my sin and forsake my sin, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesseth and forsaketh his sin shall have mercy. Confess your sin... Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going to close with this. The mirror ultimately leads us to Jesus. Notice the response here. The, the mirror leads to joy. And Barb, will you please come get prepared to play? And I'm going to close with these last couple thoughts. The mirror leads to joy. The mirror leads to joy. <laughs> so that don't sound like joy, preacher. But notice what the Bible says here quickly in verse number 5 of Nehemiah 9. Then the Levites, Jeshua and Cadmiel and Bani and Hashbani and Sherebi and Hadijah and, and the other guys said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. And blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made the heavens. And he goes on to praise God. Here's the balance. 
Why was he saying that? These people, their sin was revealed to them. They confessed it. They forsook it. And then the, the, the Levites, the leaders like, okay, you got it right? Yes, we got it right. Well, praise God, let's get up and have a, get, let's get up and have camp meeting. Get up and praise God. Ain't God good? And you read the rest of this chapter and they just start praising God. It leads to joy. It, it, it is not God's will for us to go out of here flogging our back like the old Purit, you know, the, the old uh, uh, you know, Puritans or whatever. And oh, I'm so bad. I'm, that's not it. Yes, we have sinned. Oh God. But Jesus provided the way for us. He offers forgiveness. So Lord, forgive me. I turn to you. And if he says he's going to forgive us, guess what? When you ask, you turn, he forgives. So you might not feel like rejoicing. That's why he had to tell them to rejoice. Get that frown off your face, man. Oh, but I sinned. Didn't you confess it? Well, yeah, I confessed it. Hallelujah. Well, let's praise God then. Let's get that song up again and sing it, you know. Let's pray. Let's worship the Lord. God does not one per, want one, one of you to leave here like, oh man, such a low down sinner, you know. And, the, and then me standing at the back door, yeah, you are, you, you know. No. God brings this to you because He wants to, we sung it, He wants to break those chains. Because He doesn't want you to be the servant of sin. He doesn't want you to be under that bondage. I got to read this passage and then Barbara, you play as soon as I get done reading John 3. The Bible says, of course, in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But it goes down to this in verse 17. Listen to this. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't bring the mirror to condemn you. He didn't bring His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved from their chains and from their sin. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Hey, preacher, I, you think I've done enough sin? Or I, I don't know if I've done a bad enough sin to be condemned, to, 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 for hell to be in my future. No, listen. You hear what he said right there? If you, if you haven't believed on Christ, you're condemned already. It's not about the drinking. It's not about the cussing. It's not about the pride. That just reveals a deeper problem of the sin that separates us and condemns us. He said it's the sin of unbelief. He that believeth not is condemned already. You don't, have to, you, would, you don't have to commit one sin, you could say, or another sin. You're condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation. You ready? That light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be, should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Miss Barb's playing. Please stand with me. My apologies for following the lead of Nehemiah and preaching for three hours. And now it is your responsibility to worship and confess for the next three. Psalm 139, there's a beautiful passage there. Barb's playing the song that's based on this. One, Psalm 139, verse 23. The Bible says, Search me, O God. Could this be your prayer, child of God? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. 
And I want to say one more thing. If you're here today and you have not asked Jesus to be your Savior, we're not talking about cleaning up. We're not talking about doing better. We're not talking about turning over a new leaf. We're talking about understanding our sin so that we may accept His righteousness. It's not, the Bible teaches us very clearly. He reveals this to us to show us our need of Him. You do not do in order to become righteous. You believe in order to become righteous. Putting your faith and trust on Jesus. In other words, it's all Him. Have you done that? Have you put your faith in Christ? If you haven't, you can do that today.